Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow there on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Uh, today's episode, we got Chris Dawson back with us to uh, break down the week in NFL. Um how did uh, how did week ten go for you there, Chris? Strongest week of the season so far put us back into the green. Set out Thursday night. Um, had a lean towards the the under that we spoke of um, on last week's podcast, but the Raiders' offensive line's health kind of shaped up towards the end of the week, so I decided to have a no play on that. Followed that up with a strong four and Sunday that included uh, the Titans. Point spread, Titans, money line, Packers, Vikings, Sunday night, and then finished strong with Seattle on uh, Monday night. And then um, also had a push on the Browns, sold a half point, took minus three for the push. So strong 5-0 week. Woo! Love to hear it, folks. Love to hear it. By the way, uh, as always, I give Chris's Twitter out at the beginning. Did not this time. Uh, Make sure you give him a follow uh, on Twitter there at CashGritty at cash gritty damn good follow there uh chris will you know give some uh, free picks every now and again for the people those free picks are usually pretty well do you ever feel like that like when you give a free pick and it hits you're like damn man we should have charged for this one yeah sometimes um you know i think one of the good things to look for on the twitter it's kind of uh, hard to get second half plays out quick so um twitter's a good place for that someone can turn notifications on and i try to add in some um some second half free plays as well because it's a it's a good place to give them out if someone has notifications turned on so that's something to look for this coming week as well indeed indeed all right so uh before we uh, start breaking down week 11 of the nfl season uh any big takeaways there from uh, week 10 um i mean you know overall it was uh, an important week for a lot of teams um some you know make or break situations i guess but you know it was a great week and that I wouldn't say anything real major that, you know, hasn't been covered by major media or any um, small underline. So just looking forward to uh, the next week, which should be a great week as well. Yeah, this week 11 is pretty interesting. It's not like we have a ton of marquee matchups, but definitely some interesting ones given, you know, what we see with the lines and everything like that. So uh, without further ado, let's get down to it. Uh, Thursday night football going to be a one of those uh, good old-fashioned AFC North slobber knockers where we got the Pittsburgh Steelers, winners of four straight, uh, going to take on the Cleveland Browns on the road. Uh, Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one with the over-under set at 40. Uh, any Anything uh, that you like in this one? Well, sure. Um, the Browns were able to you know, survive last week. I, I made a, a late selection on them because of the do-or-die situation they ran, but they still didn't really perform well. They, they kind of escaped out of there with a win, but because of all the talent that they have on both, both sides of the ball, we know that you know, as we're trying to catch fire, they have gasoline all around them. And last week's spark could really uh, lead them into a big gust of wind yeah. to really get the fire going with a big division win playing Pittsburgh the Steelers have been straight up surviving off of turnovers and playing things really close to the vest um, in regards to what they're doing on offense you know they had lots of um, things I saw on film against the Rams they could have took advantage of but 
they decided to uh, you know really play conservative, and, and that could play against them if they get down early. So I think that we may we may see the Browns that you know everyone envisioned at the beginning of the season, at least on Thursday night, as they uh, they should have a really really rowdy crowd. Um, Mason Rudolph, of course, is getting some experience underneath of him, but it'll be something he's never experienced any time he's ever played football in his life as he goes into a very hostile dog pound on Thursday night. Yeah, one of the things that I found pretty interesting, you know, when doing my research for this game, uh, you know, obviously this is going to be the first short week uh, game for Mason Rudolph of his NFL career. Uh, you know, the Steelers have performed well in primetime, although those two games, you know, that they had in primetime were against the Bengals and the Dolphins. So I'm not really sure how much we could we could take from that. But, you know, looking at Rudolph's numbers, not too bad. 11 touchdowns, uh, four interceptions. You know, he's basically just doing what's been asked of him. Uh, you know, even one of the – I believe their last loss was against uh, Baltimore, you know, the game that he got knocked out of, and the Steelers lose that game there in overtime. But, um, yeah, interesting to see that. And then one other thing that I saw, Steelers, actually number two in the NFL in takeaways, one, uh, one right behind the New England Patriots there. I do, I do agree with you. I really do like the Browns in this one. I think they're going to have a, uh, you know, a nice, uh, energetic crowd. And again, man, like I, I, I believe you mentioned it last week. Like their playoffs started last week, so, uh, you know, obviously a big game for them. Uh, now I did see, you know, I, I said the line was two and a half for the Browns. I'm seeing that at three actually now everywhere. Obviously, you know, I did the notes yesterday uh, to send them over to you, but. Uh, I guess, you know, once that line went down to two and a half, I, I guess the Browns uh, just got, you know, pretty much pounded by everyone, huh? Um, yeah, and I, I think it'll continue to you know, move that way. I do think the Browns will be a public play this week. Um, I was fortunate and uh, you know, just finished up my email to clients. Um, so I guess we'll call it a free play as <laughs> I was able to punch in the Browns. I sold the half point again this week and was able to get it at minus three at plus 109. Nice, nice, very nice. Yeah, I'm lo- actually, you know, ridiculous. Uh, you know, we need universal lines for Christ's sake. But yeah. uh, FanDuel actually has uh, Cleveland at minus two and a half, but everything else I was seeing was three. So I'm probably going to hop both on. Are, both are, you know, very, um, I guess you could say, you know, popular teams. There's a very large fan basing, and, and, and they both receive a lot of action. So I, I think that. Um, even if someone, you know, for whatever reason has an edge on the Steelers and, and feels like that's the play or Cleveland, I, I think if you're patient, uh, even though we are kind of getting low in time between now and kickoff, you can probably kind of get what you want if it's looking to get uh, Pittsburgh with three and, and a little bit of um, extra value or even selling off and getting the Browns at three with a little extra value. And, of course, you know, the market will probably move pretty volatile uh, within three to four hours of game time, I would expect. Yep, I'm a big buyer of points, but I, I'm actually probably going to put this in right now for the Browns at two and a half. That way, I don't have to, I don't have to buy anything. But yeah, definitely looking forward to this uh, to this game tomorrow night there uh, in Cleveland. So it should be very interesting. All right, let's uh, let's break down the Sunday slate now. Now, one of these lines I saw very interesting, right? So we've got the Cowboys favored by only three, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it opened at two and a half at some places. Uh, you know, and they're they're traveling to Detroit to play the Lions this week. Total there at fifty one and a half. Now, what's interesting to me, two and a half. You know, with the open there, kind of knowing the that the status of Matt Stafford is up in the air right now. He's got broken bones in his back, which you know nobody wants that. Do you, do you feel like this is kind of a trap game for the Cowboys? Uh, well, you know they're coming off that disappointing 
you know, lost to Minnesota on primetime at home. And they've really been inconsistent on both sides of the ball in regards to, you know, just the overall consistency. Demarcus Lawrence um, was a limited participant today in practice. Amari Cooper didn't practice today. So there's some injury concerns. I think some major contributors for the Cowboys. Uh, the defensive pass rush could possibly be non-existent uh, without Demarcus Lawrence because even you know on a lot of times when he's not the one that actually makes the play, uh, the reason why someone else was able to is because of him. So there's a lot of question marks in this game. I, th- I think we will definitely have to wait for the final injury reports to make any determination. It's also probably worth noting that the Lions are getting kind of in that do-or-die situation as well for their season. They're in desperate need of a win, uh, especially with one of their home games coming up. So, um, no, I don't, I, I don't really believe in you know the term trap games. I think okay. there's always a reason why the line is what it is, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's understanding you know uh, what those reasons are and making your um, predictions off of that. Interesting. Yeah, so the uh, the hometown FanDuel Sportsbook over here actually has the Cowboys at minus four and a half on this hmm. one. So I, I found that very interesting. But it probably also, you know, lends some evidence that possibly Stafford will not be available for this game. So uh, Yeah, everything kind of hinges on him right now if you're, you know, looking back Detroit for any reason. And um, so, you know, there's uh, and I can't really say if he's going to play or not. It's It's hard to say. What are, what are your thoughts on Jeff Driscoll? I mean, he, you know, obviously going against the Bears defense, you know, that doesn't bode well for most people, but I, I thought he was pretty confident last week. Uh, Driscoll had a pretty good college career, you know, bouncing between, uh, I think, Florida and Louisiana Tech. But, uh, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on Driscoll? Well, you know, the Lions do have some weapons on the perimeter that, that definitely helps out um, their offensive line, I would say about average at best. Uh, as for this week going in, again, if the you know the Cowboys have some question marks on their defense with Marcus Lawrence, maybe he has a chance to shine. Um, just not a lot of tape on him, and uh, I was a little bit wrong on Gardner Minshaw. So it, it, it's hard for me to really uh, handicap you know Driscoll, and if he were to play, it would definitely be a no-go um, for the Lions for sure. And, and I'm just really not liking the Cowboys in this spot on the road coming off the loss against the desperate Lions team. Um, okay. And as for Driscoll, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's hard to say. I, I, I wouldn't expect much from him. <laughs> All right. Let's get into what I think is the uh, the undercard to the main event this week. But uh, the Texans at the Ravens. Ravens, four and a half point favorites here. We got a total at 49. I kind you know, I feel like the line is telling us that the Texans are going to do pretty well in this game. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that that's you know the the initial perception. You see the Texans coming off of a off of a bye, and um, also as a you know of course a legit playoff contender. But they've kind of been regressing somewhat in regards to you know the offense line and and some of the um, moves that they made there with bringing Tunzel. You know worked out well, but um, still not a lot of consistency. And, and more worth noting, I guess is the defense is definitely not produced like it has in years past and you know they're really getting thinned out there so i i think they might be going into a buzzsaw against the hot ravens team here i wouldn't wouldn't want to take the texans in this situation um and could possibly be buying the ravens to ride the hot hand and and expect them to maybe run the ball right down the houston's throat interesting interesting all right let's keep it uh well with one of these teams here in the uh, afc south we got the jaguars at the colts Colts, three-point favorites in this one. Now, I'm very upset with the Colts because they just absolutely screwed my whole Sunday up. Uh, 
you know, I, I had the, you know, my three plays was Sunday. I had the Jets, which worked out very well. And then to end the day, I had the Colts and the Cowboys. So, you know, somebody's on my, uh, on my shit list here. It's definitely the Colts. But uh, what, what do you think about these guys here at, uh, at minus three against the Jags? Well, I, I brought up the Colts last week as, you know, going to destroy the Dolphins. Um, oh, I loved it too, Chris. I loved it podcast. But I didn't, I didn't bet it. Uh, because of, you know, it wasn't one of my plays this week. The injury, some of the guys who were questionable expected to play. They, they you know, um, didn't play. And this week, no T.Y. Hilton again, which, um, I mean, they don't win without T.Y. Hilton on the field. Uh, Darius Leonard is was a limited participant in practice most of the week, and he's also questionable. You know, the defense has really struggled when he hasn't been on the field, and we have Jacksonville coming off of a bye week. Uh, you wonder about the rust of Nick Foles. Well, maybe some of that gets gets kind of curbed because of, you know, having the bye week to work with the first team. Um, but the big question mark for Jacksonville is the, the um, uh, possibility that they – could be without Cam Robinson, the offense tackle, who I do expect to play. But um, I, I, I could buy the Jacksonville Jaguars here, but we, we got to make sure that he's playing. Uh, you know, the, the Colts do have um, a decent defensive line that could cause some issues with Jacksonville. So uh, probably going to be Jacksonville or nothing for me. I'm just um, not liking the Colts. The injury list just just isn't uh, clearing up for them and is causing major issues. Uh, so I, I was still so mad at the Colts. I forgot to even mention the total on this game, which is 44. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, nah, not really. Um, okay. Yeah, not, not, I think it's probably a pretty tight line. You know, it could, it, it, it bound to be anything with Jacksonville coming off a of bye week with, with Foles coming back. So, you know, maybe the offense looks a little better there. And uh, because of the Colts injuries and things it's hard to tell what kind of game plan they'll have on offense so uh, i think the number's pretty tight i would stay away from it all right fair enough so uh now we're going to talk about the falcons at the panthers panthers five and a half point favorites here uh at home in this one we've got a total at 49 and a half which is actually pretty damn high um now i actually i i remember i asked you about this the other day about how how teams kind of perform uh after a, a heavy snow game so the Packers have the luxury of having the week off uh, in week 11. Panthers do not. Uh, almost damn near, well, I should say damn near pulled that out uh, at Lambeau Field on Sunday. But uh, I don't know. What do you, how do you think that snow, uh, playing in the snow last week, is going to affect the Panthers this week? Um, I, I, I did a small amount of digging about it and didn't really see, of course, couldn't find any information. I don't think it really has much effect on the team. <laughs> Um, I I have a, a colleague who who's really big into the trends and things like that, and um, I texted him and, and asked him, and, and he said, uh, "Text me back, said stop playing around and get to work." <laughs> 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 so I uh, you know I don't even know because he knows I'm not real big into trends. And, yeah. um, so anyway, I I told him that he was for a friend looking, and he said no. There's you know he doesn't know anything that that records that. I, I don't know That's if there's a, you know any kind of correlation in performance. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to that, so you know, but who's to say? Um, yeah. You never know. You could find an angle. There's always, you know, normally you find them where other people don't know about them yet. That's those are usually the most valuable ones, of course. Yeah, indeed. So, um, I, like you know, the Falcons with that win uh, outright, you know, not only outright but absolutely pounding the Saints uh, last week. Do you think that's something that could continue, or is that that's just a one week fluke? Well, no, I I think they looked good and. Um, I didn't bet the Falcons last week. There, you know, there there was some uh, inside um, 
I would say inside, but some reports about, you know, some movements within the uh, coaching staff of the Falcons that I didn't think really had much, much weight or anything. But uh, Raheem Morris, who, you know, former coach for the, the Buccaneers oh, is on I their coaching well. staff. I know him well. Yeah, he's, uh, and he's, a, he's a very talented coach. He's probably, you know, the most talented coach on the Falcons coaching staff. Regardless, he, they have been, you know, as an offensive assistant. And um, before this game, they switched team over to secondaries coach. Yeah. And the defense really did play fired up last week. Um, you know, the, the team was very engaged. So I do think this was the Falcons kind of like the Browns where they said it's now or never. Yeah. And um, they really brought it. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, if they make it a game in Carolina this week as well. Yeah, I was like, I was always impressed, you know, with Raheem Morris, I guess the way he talked and I guess the way that he presented himself, but he was obviously over his skis, you know, being the head coach in Tampa, you know, which was, uh, you know, obviously a sort of a desperation move, I felt like to kind of like rejuvenate uh, the franchise. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great motivator, at least, you know, so. Um, well, he'll, he'll be head coaching again, for sure. You, um, you think possibly, so, huh? Oh, possibly by next year. Yeah, he's uh He's definitely a, a master motivator and has a good reputation, you know, within the uh, coaching ranks. Um, you know, he, he, I talk a lot about, you know, I beat up on Sean McVay a lot and a lot of the other first-time coaches, but um, you know, we have to remember even Bill Belichick, you know, struggled in Cleveland and sure. lost there and went back to being a coordinator. So sometimes when when I bash these guys, it's not saying that. This is how they'll be forever, but it's a very hard job. And you know, Raheem Morris was another one at a very young age. Um, yeah, took that job with a little bit of experience. So, second time through, you know, he may be a good head coach. We'll we'll, we'll see. But um, it was a little uh, move that the Falcons made before this Saints game, and, and maybe it had a ripple effect on um, yeah, motivating and just getting guys to fly around on defense. But they definitely looked like they had uh, some more you know spunk in their step last week for sure. All right. I feel like this is probably, you know, you look at the you look at the records between the teams, you're going to say, what? But I feel like this is one of the more interesting games on the board this week with the Jets at the Redskins. To me, very surprising that we're seeing the Redskins as one point favorites on this uh, over under here at 38 and a half. Uh, Redskins announced Dwayne Haskins is going to be the starter for the rest of the season, a.k.a. tank mode. But uh, what a. I mean, we've seen the Redskins be somewhat competitive uh, recently, you know, ever since they made the, the move to Bill Callahan, a head coach. You know, they're running the football a lot more, obviously. When you run the football, you kill some clock. You don't allow the other team to, you know, get their hands on the ball. Uh, am I crazy thinking that the Redskins could win this one outright? Um, no, 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 not at all. I, I'm, of course, not betting the game. Uh, I think there are a lot oh, of, you on. know, you don't, you, don't like, you don't like a combined three wins between the two teams. Come on. Uh, well, I don't like the fact that, you know, I think the direction of both organizations are only known from the inside and us on the outside aren't supposed to know. As, as you spoke <laughs> of tank mode, uh, it's kind of crazy. You know, the Jets came out this week and they're making it a precedence to spread the word that Adam Geis is safe and has a job next year. and I, It's okay to lose. <laughs> well, no, I, I feel like Gay should be, you know, at least another year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he has a good football mind, and obviously, you know, he hasn't had his quarterback for most of the season, and when he did have his quarterback, he's coming off mono, it, it ruptured spleen, all these different things. So I just don't think that we're getting a fair valuation in Gase this year. Well, uh, you know, to go back to Raheem Morris and McVay and the whole young coach thing, this is Geis' second go-around, and I think because of that, 
as an organization, you have to give that guy at least two years. Absolutely. You've already seen kind of a sample size of what you're getting, so it shouldn't be real shocking. Um, so, you know, when we get into these young coaches and maybe you gamble on someone who doesn't have nearly uh, the track record and experience for that kind of job, you should also be uh, aggressive enough to get them out of there if you know it's just not their time yet. Um, for Adam Geis, that's not the case. This is the second time around. So if the Jets were to fire him, you know, after just this little sample size of kind of already having an understanding of who they were getting would be, uh, you know, probably a dumpster fire in the making uh, going into next year with a rebuilt coaching staff again. So I'm not surprised they secured the job um, for him. But, um, you know, to get back to the game, I'm not betting it, but, you know, I, I, if I had to pick and, and if I would say I was leaning one way, it would be the Redskins. I mean, they're coming off a bye week. They would more than anything like to get Haskins a win, especially at home and, and you know, with Bill Callahan coaching, um, he should be somewhat motivated because it's kind of you know, he. They're not going to keep him on as head coach, but maybe it's an audition for a future job for him as well. So I would lean the Redskins here if I was taking anything, but this is not the game for me. I think there's you know, other better games on the board. I hear you. I hear you. Let's get in. Well, actually, hold up. One more game here, and I find this pretty interesting. Again, the matchup isn't a great one, but I kind of. You know, obviously seeing the Vikings in primetime win at Dallas, I feel like a lot of people are going to be trending in that direction. Uh, Vikings, again, 10.5 point favorites, hosting the Broncos this week, uh, total at 40.5. So, you know, this is an interesting line here. Vikings, you know, very, very good at home, uh, playing a Broncos team, you know, who uh, they're coming off the bye too, correct? They're off the bye, yes. They're off the bye, yeah. And, uh, you know, they had the, the guy, Allen, who started. Uh, you know, that game against the Browns ended up winning that one. Uh, any, any chance the Broncos cover this one, or is this all Purple Monsters? Um, again, it's a it's a play I'm not playing, um, and, and some of the reason for that is the Broncos are off of the bye week. Technically, you know, they're, they're still alive because of the parity we have across the league right now, and some of the heavy hitters have some you know, tough scheduling coming up. So, you know, I wouldn't put them in the category of necessarily writing the season off. Um in regards to handicapping the line here and getting into terms like backdoor covers and things like that, I, I mean, that's one of the things that kind of keeps me away from it is if the Broncos come in with, you know, we're coming in with this quarterback and we're going to kind of do what Pittsburgh did last week against the Rams and play this really, really close to the best and just try to stay within a score, um, that could work and, and we could see them covering. Uh, if they come in here trying to you know, come off a bye week and, and and I guess open up the offense and catch the Vikings by surprise. It could get ugly early, and, and I don't see them being able to get back in it, being a you know one-dimensional passing team. And so I'm not knowing really what the Broncos are going to do in regards to an offensive game plan uh, kind of waves off the Vikings for me. Um, I think Minnesota would be more than happy to have the Broncos come in and run, run, punt, and Minnesota say, okay, that's fine with us. We'll do the same thing this week and get a safe win and get out of here by six or seven or eight or something. But um, so, you know, the, the, the 10 and a half is just a little bit too much. Um, I don't know, you know, what the Broncos will have off the bye week, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. All right. Uh, all right. Before we get to the four o'clock window, uh, any of those one o'clock games that I didn't touch on that, you know, maybe you want to discuss? Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Who else is on there? Uh, I know we got New Orleans at Tampa. We didn't discuss um, Buffalo at Miami. I think those were the only two that we didn't discuss. 
Um, no, I think uh, just to touch quick base on the, the Tampa New Orleans. Um, you know, Tampa got a much needed win last week, and New Orleans. Um, it was a, a weird loss for them. They just uh, just didn't look like their timing was down. They didn't execute right. So I just wonder what's going on um, there. So it'll be it'll be kind of curious to see what the Saints do. And then again, this is another uh, Tampa Bay's kind of in that not really out of uh, out of playoff contention yet, but they're they're on the brink. So. Um, it, it'll be an interesting game to watch for sure, and I'm curious to see what happens with the Saints. Man, Saints are gonna be pissed. I, I, <laughs> I, I might have to go against my boys this week because they actually uh, yesterday they released Vernon Hargraves, who was a former top ten pick of theirs, I believe, back in 2016. Uh, you know, he he got benched the other day for not hustling on a play, and then they had no choice but to stick him back in because of injuries. But you look at those Tampa Bay corners, man. Like, I think their most experienced corner has something like, I, I don't know, like, you know, this one year of uh, of NFL service under their belt. But, yeah, that that's going to be interesting to see. I, I guess for all my uh, my DFS compadres out there, Drew Brees in the Saints passing game might be a nice little uh, way to go this week. Yeah, it's hard to – it's always hard to bet on um, a, a team that um, lays an egg like they did last, the, the previous week, though. You just have to – have to really wonder if there was something on tape. Um, you know, I haven't got a chance to really look over uh, the game from. Um, you know, I like to watch coaches cam on the on some of the games because I'm still curious yeah. uh, with how the Falcons pulled it off. You know, they didn't um, they didn't force a bunch of turnovers or anything like that. So uh, I've already watched the uh, the live broadcast of the game, but I'm curious to review it. Maybe there's you know some things in tape that the Falcons found that. Uh, really helped them shut down that offense. So sometimes when that's the case, you know, other teams are able to copycat that. It, it can take more than just a game or two for uh, an offensive play caller to figure it out. So it, I don't know. It's it's definitely a no go for me. Um, not liking. Uh, yeah, I'm you know kind of leaning towards Tampa Bay coming off that win and and kind of fading the Saints right now until we see how they rebound from last week's performance. All right, let's get to the main event. Ding, ding, ding. Both teams coming off a of bye. We've got the New England Patriots. Favored by three and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I've got a remax of the Super Bowl from a couple years ago. Obviously, a couple pieces have certainly changed uh, throughout the you know couple of years since that's happened. But uh, I, I think this is very interesting with both teams coming off a of bye. Typically, we don't get this uh, in a matchup. So, uh, what do you see playing out here? You know, it's it's hard to go against the um, the Eagles at home off of a bye week, and you know, of course. The Eagles kind of need this game more than the Patriots do. There should be some, um, a little bit, of, I wouldn't say desperation from the Eagles, but in regards to the division and, and possibly even um, hosting a playoff game, um, it's a bigger deal to them than it is the Patriots. I, I'm going to be betting the Eagles. I'm just waiting on a lot of the dumb money to come pouring in. Um, not saying that they pull off the upset. You know, it's hard to beat Tom Brady. Uh, he rarely loses two games in a row, but. Um, I do think that this one will, will definitely be a very, very close game, and I'll be more than happy to be getting four-plus points at home with the Eagles off of bye week. Yeah, I like that too. And obviously, you know, the, we saw it with that game against uh, Baltimore. You know, you got to run that ball right down the throat of that New England defense. They're very good against the pass, uh, you know, and that's certainly, you know, that, that's certainly the way to do it. Um I, yeah, I like that too, man. If it gets all the way up to four, I'm going to love that. I wouldn't even mind buying up to get to four and a half there. 
uh, there's no reason to buy it. You wait till Sunday. It'll get there. You know, the Patriots <laughs> are coming off a of bye week. Tom, Tom Brady losing. But, um, and of course, you know, the Patriots are an elite team, possibly the best team in the league. But, you know, a lot of their victories this year that were so lopsided and all of those defensive stats uh, were very skewed from teams just, you know, kind of falling to the Mike Tyson effect and handing the game over in the first quarter, <laughs> being down multiple scores, becoming one-dimensional, which is just right in Bill Belichick's wheelhouse. So, um, you know, I do think the defense is way overvalued. Um, yeah. They're a tremendous defense, but they are not one of the best defenses in the history of football and probably not even the best defense Bill Belichick's had. It looks like that now, but as the schedule toughens up um, as the season goes on, I, I think we'll see some of that stuff, to, you know, fade away so yeah definitely i mean they have had a week very 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 weak schedule up to this point so um yeah certainly an interesting point and also too anytime that we can mention mike tyson on the podcast that's that's just a plus so no doubt <laughs> all right let's talk uh we've got an nfc west matchup here uh we've got the cardinals at the 49ers 49ers of course coming off that heartbreaking loss on monday night they are favored by 10 and a half points uh we've got a total of 45 in this one Kyler Murray got to go to Santa Clara. He got the uh, got some dap from LeBron yesterday at the uh, he was sitting courtside at the Suns Lakers game. So uh, LeBron gave him the the dap yeah, there. I, I, I wonder if he's going to have the magic touch this Sunday. Now, what do you think? Um, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Where I'm uh, I'm not really a buyer of the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, but. Uh, I, I may be pulling the trigger on them this week. I, I still have some more um, stones to overturn. But the 49ers still just, you know, the injury list is just sickening to look at. Yeah. And also, you know, in, in, in my experience, uh, sometimes I look for these teams that uh, have this build-up, pent-up, you know, undefeated energy. Uh-huh. And there's, um, you know, kind of a pride they're playing with and really, really holding on too tight. Um, for a team like an experienced team like New England, you know, these things don't really take effect. But for a team like San Fran, where this is new territory, I can see this kind of being like uh, not a time to exhale because, okay, we're not undefeated anymore. We don't have to carry that weight. Um, but there could be somewhat of a letdown coming off, you know, that, that loss last week. So I, I couldn't see the Cardinals really stealing the win. But they might come in here and catch the 49ers kind of sleeping and, and keep it close. Man, when you look at the 49ers schedule, as I'm doing right now, it is like, it gets significantly tougher. So, obviously, you know, Cardinals, obviously, they should win this game this week. But they host the Packers the following week. They travel to Baltimore, travel to New Orleans, uh, host the Falcons uh, on December 15th. And then their last two games of the season, they host the Rams, and then they go to Seattle uh, in Week 17, which could ultimately determine you know, the NFC West champion. And, and, you know, I think more importantly, who gets, uh, who gets one of those two bye weeks uh, there in, there in the first round. So, um, you know, I, 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 obviously they need this game, but uh, you know, going to be interesting and even more interesting. We just saw, we just saw this 49ers Cardinals matchup back on Halloween, which wasn't too long ago. So. Yeah. And, you know, just as, just as it is for us as handicappers for the 49ers, they're in unfound territory. Uh, with the spotlight and the pressure of, you know, being, you know, one of the elite teams or one of the best teams in the NFC. So it'll be interesting to, to kind of see how, how the young guys handle it. They, they've never really been in um, contender-type spots. So, um, and like you said, the schedule type 
He's up, so I'll be watching closely to see how the 49ers kind of come off this loss and, and move forward and finish out a tough schedule. Um, Now, I, I did not put it on the notes. I forgot to, but uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that Raiders game. Uh, 10.5 point favorites against the Bengals, total at 48.5. Any, any lean on that? Sure, we'll, we'll jump ahead. You actually usually at the end you, you always say, "Is there anything we didn't cover you'd like uh, to yeah. talk about?" And that was that was actually just a small. I don't have a lot on that, but I am going to um, probably be pulling the trigger on the Bengals. And really? Very similar to yes, very similar All to right. the Eagles game. Uh, probably going to wait. I think some more money will probably come flooding in, and uh, not that it's going to change too much. But when you're taking someone like the Bengals. And I haven't punched it in yet, but okay. uh, I am leaning strongly towards that way. I, I'll take any extra help I can get. If we go to 10.5 to 11.5, I'll take the extra point. <laughs> it may come in handy. Um, but I just the, – the Raiders' defense is really starting to break down. Um, yeah. it, it's slowly chipping away. Losing Carl Joseph last week just puts a lot of strain on the safety position after losing Abrams uh, in the first game of the year. So – we're starting to get into you know some three, four deep, and that's always a dangerous spot because you know especially at a safety position, it can be a real ripple effect um, on what Paul Gunther is going to be able to do in regards to scheming and calling plays, and, and a safety out of position can can really lead to some nasty things. Uh, saying all that to say this, um, I handicap Paul Gunther very well, and, and you know have been seen pretty much all of his games dating back to the Bengals. I, I think he definitely plays, you know. Um, two safeties deep and make sure to really limit uh, the big plays. And we could see the Bengals maybe move the ball between the twenties. As long as they avoid turnovers, I think the Raiders kind of, I won't want to say let them keep it close, but I think they play this pretty safe on defense and go ahead and give up some field goals and some uh, red zone possessions and trust that they'll be able to score enough to overcome that. So um, definitely leaning hard towards uh, taking the Bengals into points in Oakland. Interesting. I will definitely be keeping an eye on that one. And again, too, the four o'clock window is not a big one. So, you know, that'll, when I go out to watch the games, that'll definitely be one of the three on the TV. So no worries. No worries. All right, let's get to Sunday night. Uh, Sort of an interesting one. We got two teams that, I don't know, I think a lot of people were very high on at the beginning of the season. Things haven't really panned out, but uh, we got the Bears at the Rams. Rams, six and a half point favorites in this one with the total I saw it yesterday at 42. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. I see it at 40. 40. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> well, um, we've been going over this for weeks now. Uh, Sean, Sean McVay's offense is regressing yeah. drastically and quickly. And and uh, anyone who reviews our podcasting, um, the tape shows it. Um, it's it's just, a great podcast, by the way. Great podcast. <laughs> it is a great podcast. And, and I'm not just I mean, saying uh, that because I'm on it, but, you know, it's a great podcast. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> um, you know, I put a lot of time and work into this. And hopefully it benefits somebody and who's, who's out there listening. But, uh, you know, until until things change, until they're able to um, – just change their identity on offense. Um, it's it's just very predictable, and you know I guess not to beat him up too bad. The offensive line is just decimated. It's just not what it was yeah. last year. Um, they can't protect him, and really going back to McVay, he's just not making the proper adjustments. Yeah, we see. I'm sorry. I was going to ask. You know, I mean, obviously they had the bye week going into that game against Pittsburgh, and they looked like crap, man. Like what? And I know you were just about to talk about it, but uh, what what exactly are you saying? Well, we're seeing a young coach who is being really hard-headed and just not able to figure out that, not able to 
I guess, come to the conclusion that what used to work so well is not working anymore. And it's not just going to change by running the same things over and over. The offensive line situation in Kansas City hasn't been quite as severe, but they've been really banged up too with you know, two and sometimes three of their starting offensive linemen out. Andy Reeve, as a true professional offensive play caller, continues to score points. His offense continues to do well because he adapts. He adapts and he draws up game plans that kind of hide these deficiencies, even though it may be take away from some of the potential of the offense. And McVay's just not doing that. And it's um, until he does, the offense will continue to struggle. So, you know, the players that he has aren't just going to get better and be able to pull off what he's asking them to do. Um, he has to do a better job as a play caller, giving them some help. Interesting. Interesting. So I don't want to, I don't want to be the, uh, the New York sports radio kind of guy here, but do you envision a scenario where McVay could potentially lose his job within the next two, three years? No. Uh, well, you know, I can't say that because I, I don't know. Um, the Rams organization in, in that kind of in that kind of way, really. Right. Um, I mean, the guy did go to a Super Bowl last year. You know, like like that's what I was basically speaking to. Like, you know, I don't want to be this like Debbie Downer sort of person, but this is not the first time that you know some experts have called out his coaching this season. Yeah, and I I think he'll have a long leash because of that. Um, and that Super Bowl appearance. Right? Because of the, the, the fast start and, you know, the media being, um, you know, kind of a golden boy for that year and, and them being all over him. But, you know, we've seen it before, you know, uh, to speak of the Redskins, Bill Callahan took the Raiders, the John Gruden Raiders to the Super Bowl in his first year. Um, things love, went downhill real quick from there. Love, so, love that Super Bowl. Great Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so things went downhill real quick from there. Um, and it's kind of a different circumstance with McVay, but, um, Again, you know, we talked about Adam Geis and Raheem Morris and things. I mean, he's 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 very intelligent offensive mind. That's why he right. is where he is. But, you know, experience just cannot be, you know, you can't teach it. You can't buy it. And there's very few people who, you know, are wise other than smart and able to really, really learn uh, from the mistakes of others and their peers. And um, I just think it's going to take experience to see if he's really as good as everyone bought into last year. Um, so we'll see, you know, as to get back into the game for this week, can't take the Rams right now until the offense just, uh, until the offense can get back on track. I mean, it's been, I, I, I'm not sure, but it's been a good time, a good while since they've scored a touchdown, I think. Yeah. Yikes. Unbelievable. So it sounds like you're placing your faith in Mitchell Palooza. Um, I, I haven't, uh. The only thing I haven't decided yet about this game is if I'm taking the Bears uh, point spread or the Bears point spread and money line. Yeah, I so I just I I'm looking at that total like holy crap, man! If that's not telling you the story, I don't know what the hell is. So. Well, there's just a lot of issues going on with San. I mean, not to keep keep. I mean, I still call them the St. Louis Rams. A lot of issues <laughs> going on with the Rams, not just in the offense. You know, if we start looking at the defense. Um, they got away with, you know, if you, they got away with a lot against Pittsburgh last week that Pittsburgh just wasn't really willing to test. Um, and some of this is also, I don't know if it's coming from McVay or, or higher above, but, you know, Wade Phillips, his defense is really predicated off of uh, disguising between zone and man. Uh, one of the reasons Jalen Ramsey was brought in is they want to be more committed to the playing man coverage, which is kind of 
outside of Wade Phillips's disguise, blitzing, you know, look that he wants to bring. So um, they just seem like they're they're really having problems on both sides of the ball in regards to their philosophies. All right, all right. Let's cap it off with a Monday night in Mexico City. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs four point favorites uh, going up against the foe. Uh, home team LA Chargers in this one total 52 and a half now again you know we're going to be talking about the elements in this one uh, I believe they're playing at La at Las La, eh, I, it's so hard to say La Azteca <laughs> uh, which is like you know like 10,000 feet up in the sky but yeah. um, you know how, how is how is that uh, way into your handicapping on this game uh, well it, it doesn't uh, for the simple fact that, you know, all the players are playing on the same field. Um, if this was a college game and you had an old-school Chip Kelly offense, you know, and playing high up-tempo or something like that, and there was a difference in, in, in you know, those kind of things, maybe you could weigh it. But, but for this situation, I don't think that has any, you know, any way to predict what players are going to perform better under those circumstances. This is a game. There's no reason to even bet it right now. Okay. Um, the, because of all the in live, you know, in game propositions and everything else available, I mean, this has the making. We already know this has the making of something you could turn it on. One or the other is probably going to go up 14 or 17 to three or nothing, and the other one's going to come back and score 24 unanswered or something. And I think no matter what side you lean on here, you'll probably be able to get a deal at some point uh, within the game. So it's probably going to be a wild and crazy. Uh, you know, young Mahomes versus the old veteran Rivers shootout. And my angle on this is probably wait till halftime and uh, make a determination if I'm going to jump in and get a deal on the number at that time. I got to tell you, you're, whenever you talk about a game and you talk about that where you say, oh, this is a great game to jump in at halftime, I believe you're undefeated this season. It's like, it's perfect, you know? Or at least I'm undefeated when I follow that, uh, when I follow that advice. So, yeah, I, I really like I, the way that that goes. I think it's, um, you know, I think it's really something that uh, people need to do sometimes in regards to there's a game, especially Monday night or Sunday night or Thursday night. Everyone likes to have action on those games. And yep. If it's ever to where you're just not real sure, you know, what the outcome is going to be, but you have a good idea what the flow is going to be. Uh, because of you know the gambling market now, you can take advantage of really any kind of angle you have on the game. So it's not always determining the outcome. Sometimes it's determining the flow and the understanding of how the game will develop is enough to make money. Yeah, I hear you. You know, what I see pretty interesting on this game, um, you know, looking at the spread. So I'm looking at FanDuel Sportsbook right now and looking at the juice for the line on this one. So at KC minus four, you've got even money. And then for LA, you've got uh, a plus four there, minus one twenty on that. So, you, you find that to be telling at all, or? Um, it, it's you know if you look at these teams' history to be a division game, and the fact that the you know the Chiefs haven't been blowing anybody's doors off this yeah. year like they were last year, um, uh, it's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a back and forth battle as I spoke of because. If I didn't feel like it was going to be that way, I would say, hey, set it out and this will happen. And I can, of course, be 100% certain for that to be the case. Um, but both teams kind of, you know, do have some weaknesses. Everyone loves the Chiefs because of Mahomes. But, yeah. I mean, there's glaring weaknesses on the offensive line, the defensive line, the cornerbacks. I mean, it goes on and on with problems. Andy Reid is just an elite coach. I mean, he's one of the top 
three coaches in the league, probably the second best coach behind Belichick. Um, so he deals with these things and he always builds a competitive team, but there's a lot of issues with the chiefs this year. That's one of the reasons I had the Raiders possibly being in the hunt for the division. Uh, we have the chargers right here in the hunt. So it's going to be a close game. You know, it, it's probably going to be down to the wire and more than likely if you can catch yourself with four or more points um, going into those minutes, you're going to feel pretty confident. Yeah, definitely. Definitely looking forward to that one. All right. So uh, we're, we're at the end of our time here. Uh, any, any final thoughts going into week 11? No, I think we covered it well. Um, a oh, lot we, of good games. We did a, we did a smash up job of covering it this week. Smash up job. And you know, it, this is just like last week. I mean, it's not so much about the matchups anymore. It's just the closer we get to the end, each game means more and more and has more value yeah. um, to each of the teams. And to me, that's what football is all about. So I think it's going to be another great week for uh, the fans and us handicappers. So um, looking forward to it. And hopefully we can uh, cash some tickets and get to it again the week after. All right, folks, that was Chris Dawson. You make sure you follow him on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Once again, on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Also, make sure you follow uh, Sports Predictor on Twitter as well at Predictor HQ. And, of course, go to SportsPredictor.com where you can get all of these uh, picks packages from Chris and a lot of these other guys that are doing great stuff out there. By the way, how's basketball going? Uh, basketball's going good. Nice. Um, it's been kind of a uh, – I have to check my numbers. I'm hovering around 50% um, profit and loss. Uh, not so much win percentage, but, of course, I'm a dog player. So um, the volume hasn't been so great. Uh, I only had one game today. I'm on the Trailblazers minus three, which is playing right now. So yep. um, be once we get more data and the games come in, have a little more volume. But I've been able to find, uh, you know, one to four good plays a day. So um, NBA's, you know – it's my favorite sport to handicap. It's on every day. And um, as we spoke about the Chiefs and the Chargers and the flows of the games, you know, that's definitely uh, a lot to do with my NBA handicapping as well. And so great sport. Everything's off to a good start. and We'll uh, keep pushing strong. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. All right, folks. Once again, sportspredictor.com is where you find all the picks packages from Chris and all of our other experts there. Uh, we will be back next week with Chris and uh, – we don't have any other pod schedule for the rest of the week, but that's all right. We uh, make, make sure you go to the website. You'll just get all the, the winning picks there. So, uh, Chris, thanks again, as always. Uh, another awesome podcast. And uh, very sad. We, we are now past the, the halfway point. So that, that means yeah. that uh, these football podcasts are coming to an end at some point. But uh, definitely looking forward to uh, getting into the stretch run of the season. No doubt. Thanks, so. Have a good night. You got it. All right, folks. Once again, sportspredictor.com. We'll see you next time.